Good afternoon, everybody. Um, happy 2023 to you all. This is Andrea, and I'd like to welcome you to our January webinar and podcast episode. A quick reminder on asking questions. If you're joining us live today, you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel, and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. I'll now hand over to Mark Holton, SmithInc Director, who will be presenting strategic planning for your client's business success. Over to you, Mark. Thanks, Andrea. And hi, everyone, and welcome to 2023. I hope you had a wonderful new year and a very, very happy Christmas with family and friends. Uh, as Andrea mentioned, we have had a little bit of a technical issue here today, uh, and we haven't been able to solve that issue the way we wanted to, but I just need to ask Andrea to advance the slides for me, so please excuse that. But today we're looking at strategic planning for your clients. It's one of the key areas that I've uh, managed to uh, achieve with some of my clients over the years. And I also believe it's a key opportunity for us to be able to get more involved in the client's business and certainly more involved in their business advisory work as well at the end of the day. Next, Andrea. So firstly, next again, what is strategy? And I think... For a large amount of our business clients, I know we know what it is, but for a large amount of our business clients, it's a concept that they haven't totally focused on in the past because we haven't done this sort of work to a large extent with them. I know some online today have, some online today might not have. But I, first, I think the first thing we need to understand is ourselves what we're trying to achieve. Uh, next. Formally, strategy is an internal response of an organisation to the demands of an external environment, which is an awfully complicated way, in my mind, of saying what strategy is all about is the next slide. If you hit that, Andrea, please. And that is, where are we today? Where are we looking to be tomorrow? How will we close the gap? And how will we monitor our success? In other words, we need to spend some time with the client looking at, okay, where is their business today? What is it doing? Where is it strong? Where is it weak? Does it have any risks built into it that we can need to work on? Is it funded correctly? Do they have succession strategies and all the other key things that feed into a strategic plan? We then need to look at where they want it to be. And this is often the challenge as many of our clients haven't looked in the future to see where they want their business to be. But it's a conversation I think that we have to have but they're not going to come up and say, okay, I want my business to be X, Y, Z. In my mind, we're going to start to work them through a number of key uh, strategies or what I call pillars. The next thing is how will we close the gap? In other words, what will be done? Who's going to do it? When's it going to be done? And that leads perfectly into an action plan and having that action plan preset, pre-organised so that you can roll it out with each and every client you do this sort of work with. And then the accountability measure. How will we monitor the progress? How often will we follow them up? Will we meet monthly? Will we meet quarterly? Will we do um, virtual catch-ups, face-to-face catch-ups quarterly, maybe virtually each month to see how they're travelling? And really embed that as part of their, what I call board of advice meetings that they need to go through in their business. But when we talk strategy, I'm a big one, and I do a lot of strategic planning work for accounting firms, guys. And that is working on what I call the five pillars for success. And the five pillars for success, in my mind, are financial management, people, processes, clients, and services. 
So financial management, first of all, what are the key drivers for success? What are the key KPIs? In an accounting firm, we can do that by looking at turnaround time, the number of open jobs, WIP, debtors, productivity, and all those other key KPIs. We can look at it as revenue per partner, profit per partner, and a whole host of other key measurables. With your clients, a lot of them aren't doing this because we haven't done it with them before. So we've got to get into what really makes their business tick and start to set financial plans and help them manage towards it. The second pillar is people, and that is their people. What are they doing to um, look after their people, to educate their people, to develop their people? And what key, key strategic goals will they set in this financial plan, a strategic plan rather, to be able to improve their people performance? The third one is processes. Processes are critical doesn't matter what type of business it is, how we do business. In the accounting game, it's far largely how we manage compliance. If your firm is doing advisory type or diversified service type work, you should have processes built all the way around that. That's the only way you'll make it repeatable, scalable and profitable. So what are the key processes? What do we need to improve on? What can we do better, smarter, more profitably? Clients, without them, we're shot. Clients are customers. Customers are the critical component. So what is the client doing to look after its customers? Do they seek feedback? Uh, do they ask their customers what's going on? Do they visit their customers? Do they go out and do walk-arounds their business? Do they know what makes their customers tick? So we need to get a better understanding strategically of not just what we do for customers, but who are the right customers? Does your client have an ideal customer matrix? a preferred client that they want to go out and target and manage? Are they carrying too many D-class clients? And because of that, lacking capacity, like a lot of accounting firms do. So what can we do? How can we help them and develop? And the fifth pillar is services. Services are the type of services we offer the market and those that we really want to offer the market but probably haven't done it in the past because, one, we haven't had time, two, we haven't had capacity, three, we haven't had the resources, be it material and human. And thirdly, we didn't have an ideal plan to be able to implement that stuff. So what, what are we missing out on? What's still on the table? So I work with accounting firms on those five pillars. I do not see any difference between an accounting firm and every client that you're looking to work with in the future, particularly your A and B class clients. Talk to them about the five pillars. Talk to them about do they have a plan and guys, it is not that difficult once you set this up properly to do it over and over again using the same resources. Next, please, Andrea. So in my mind, a good financial plan should be visionary. It should be flexible. I keep saying financial, I mean strategic. It should guide decision-making at lower levels. It should address critical performance issues. And that's where KPIs get built in. And it should balance importantly between what I call capability and want. You know, I want to do this. I want to offer that service. I want to expand. But do I, in fact, have the resources to be able to do it? Do I know the financial impact of key business decisions before I make them? And if they don't, that's another area you can build in additional service opportunities to them by doing a bit of scenario planning. Next, please. So strategically, we need a process. The process, in my mind, is the five pillars. The specifics of delivering the pillars comes back to 
what we need to do with a client, and this doesn't mean it's got to be done up front, it can be done over a fair period of time, but where are they? So I think the first thing we need to do is what we call an environmental scan, understand their background information, look at the situational analysis, and more importantly and easily, do a SWOT analysis. Then we need to look at their situation, past, present and future, and any issues and capabilities and gaps that are there. We need to look at their mission and their vision. Do they in fact have one? Do they have a vision that sets a target for where they're aiming? Do they have a mission which tells how that target is going to be attained? Do they have values that they hold dearly in everything they do in their business? What are their major goals? If they set goals in the future and what will you do with them in the future? And then the goals link into objectives. The goal is what I want to do. The objective is how I do it. We then need to look at performance management's targets, and that's where the KPI and the action plan builds in here. And finally, we need to review it. It's the old story. You know, I was saying to someone the other day, I got taught when I first went to do adult education at university, that education is I tell them, I show them, they do it, we review it. I don't see strategy any difference. You might need to work on telling them what strategy is. You then need to let them have a go at working out what their current position is and what their future position is with your guidance. You then let them do it. Again, they will need your guidance. And more importantly, where we come in is reviewing it, holding them accountable to what their plan is all about. There's no point setting a strategic plan if it doesn't come with follow-up measures. It'll be like that initial business plan that sits in the drawer gathering dust. We've got to embed ourselves, our practice, our team, into the delivery of this and do it more regularly as an annuity service, not as a piecemeal one-off service. Next one, Andrew. First thing I always start with, and I do this with accounting firms when I do strategic work with them, is I ask them to do a SWOT analysis. I generally do this through SurveyMonkey these days. So shoot out a link, they can fill it out and let them brainstorm and put down as many strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats the strengths and weaknesses are internal to the business. They're internally uh, adjusted, affected, managed. The opportunity and strengths are external to the environment. So there could be opportunities we get to take outside. There could be threats that are coming at us that we're not aware of. But I don't see any value in getting them to do a SWOT analysis, which is nothing more than a data dump. What I would do next, Andrea, is I would break it down into the key quadrants, I'd explain to them what it's all about. I'd explain that the strengths and weaknesses are internal. These are things you do internally that you're good at. These are things you do internally that you're not so good at. I'd look at opportunities as what other alliances, strategies, partnerships, products, services, opportunities that we could take and then how could we embed them in the firm. And then I'd talk to them about threats. Because the idea of a threat, if it's a threat, how do we turn it to an opportunity? If it's an opportunity, how do we turn it into a strength and do it again and again and again? If it's a weakness, we go to the 3F principle. Find it, fix it, fix it fast. So the strengths are green, the, op the weaknesses are red, the opportunities are something there that could otherwise affect you or you could take control of that generally are external to what you do. So what I would do is shoot them out a, a survey monkey SWAT, or if you want to do it manually, you can. And then when it comes back, which is really easy to do, next one, Andrea, I'd focus on the top three. What are the top three next, Andrea? What are the top three strengths? And just hit 
the arrow down for me. And here's some of the strengths. These are only by example, by the way, guys. Okay, that has come up again and again and again in my time. And you just go up the strengths again for me. Um, so what has come up often from customers and accounting firms, you know? Our strengths are that we've got a diverse and full range of services we offer to customers. We've got a loyal customer base. We've got a strong culture and team. Well, that's something to have a discussion with a client about, isn't it? So how do we maintain this? What have you done to create that culture? How strong is the team? Do you educate your team? Do you manage your team well? Your customers, how do you know they're loyal? Because they keep coming back? Okay, what's the ultimate test? Do you survey them? Do you ask questions? Do you visit them, et cetera, et cetera? So a whole host of opportunities for additional work. Weakness-wise, if we go to the top three weaknesses, and these are only just examples of things that I've found out quite a bit, and that's communication tends to come up quite often as a weakness. You know, the documented procedures and efficiencies. Why? Because something slipped through the cracks at some stage and it's still gnawing at one of the owners or one of the people in the team. And dependency on business owners. I think that's the biggest one. You know, questions like, you know, what would happen to you if the business couldn't, if you, what would happen to the business rather if something happened to you? If you got sick, if you want to go on holidays, do you have a succession plan? Every time I'm talking to a client in strategic sessions, I'm thinking what service can I offer them to address these weaknesses? Maybe the last one is a succession plan. It could be a state plan. It could be budget cash flow, board of advice meetings. The first set middle one there could be process management. Someone to look at that. Communication, both external, there's one issue, but internal. So what are we measuring external communication as a weakness on? What are we measuring internal? So go back to their customer engagement mechanisms. Opportunity-wise, Andrea, next one. You know, what's out there we haven't got our hands on yet? You know, need to deliver more diversified services. I had this conversation with a board that I was on recently because coming out of COVID, it's very difficult for boards or not-for-profits or charities to raise money. There's more people there with their hands out and the pot is so much smaller. So how do we diversify our services? What else can we do? Is there anything you've always loved to do that you haven't done? And then wrap that around an implementation plan. So the last thing we want them to do is run off and go and you know, launch a new product, buy a new premise or do whatever. But we want to do it strategically with them as part of their overall growth strategies. Develop an online customer engagement and satisfaction system. That could be nothing more than a survey that goes out to clients like most hotels do to us every time we leave. Find out what's important to the client. Use technology more. Technology comes up again and again and again in small business land, also in accountants land. You know, what are we not using technology for? How well have we implemented it? Has it been trained properly? You guys know the questions. You're good at it. And then when it comes to weaknesses, what are the top three ones that come out of the SWOT analysis with the client? Next one, Andrew. And that could be, you know, local competition. Dissatisfied customers could go elsewhere. That's a reality of any client, isn't it? You know, too complacent. I found that interesting. That comes up quite often in my experience. And that is, you know, we've offered the same product. We've offered the same service. Clients have always bought it. They're always there. Then all of a sudden, one of them leave you for a better price elsewhere. And you start to worry about, you know, how complacent you should have been. I think complacency is great. It's confidence. But when it leads to failure or service failure, and you find out by clients or customers walking, that's when it's a major issue. You know, in the accounting game, often competition could be, um, you know, influence from the ATO, ATO changing the system, other practices down the street doing what I probably should have done, but I haven't done yet. 
again, that's sad customers who might not be dissatisfied. They could just see a better opportunity elsewhere. I think the SWOT analysis tells you an awful lot about the client. It tells me an awful lot about the firm that I'm going to do this with as well. And I have to follow them up quite a few times to get everyone to do it. So do you. But I use my admin team to do that because everyone's responses have to come in. And then I use my admin team to work through what they consider to be the top three, the ones that keep coming up again and again and again. It comes to me for final checking before we go out and do the strategy day. Use your team. Use the leveraged systems in your practice to deliver this. You should be involved at the top end of town, engaging the client, developing the client as you work through this process. Next, Andrew. Future plans. Well, we can't keep talking to the client about what happened in the past or what they think is strong at the moment or weak at the moment. You can certainly take the opportunities out of a SWOT and start to develop future-based plans for that. When it comes to future-based plans, next, Andrea, we're looking at two things, goals and objectives. The goal could be in an accounting firm under the client's pillar, just for example, it could be that we intend to visit all our A-class clients over the next 12 months and we need to put a plan together of which clients we're going to visit each month over those 12 months for the different partners or seniors in the team. Once you've got that, the next question is, how do we put together what we're going to do when we go out there? Uh, also, it could fit, the goal could be we visit A and B class clients at least once a year. The objectives are we're going to visit ABC plastering in January and BAC plumbing in February, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The objectives would also extend down to what are we going to talk to them about? How are we going to unlock their needs? What are we going to do to try to engage them so that we can ultimately create a stronger relationship and also potentially offer additional services? Goal-wise in services, it could be to launch your advisory service over 10 clients, one client per month over 10 months of the next financial year. That's the goal. The objectives is how you're going to do it. What systems, processes, and people resources do you need? Do you have a business advisory plan? What's going to happen? What are you going to offer? To whom are you going to offer it to? <clears throat> How will you explain it in a manner the client can follow? What will it cost? What will be packaged? That's the nuts and bolts. The goal is what we're aiming at. The objectives dig further into the goal. And when we start to talk about goals and objectives, we need to remember one key principle, Andrea, thanks. And that is what I call smart objectives and that is are they specific are they specific enough to choose to decide that this is a good strategy and something else that's actually critical and that is are they measurable how do we check that it's working how do we check that it's succeeding are they attainable you might put in there i'm going to visit 20 clients over the next six months and you know back of your head that's not possible you're too busy Small business owners are busy too. So what's attainable? What's realistic? Okay. There's a big difference between wishful thinking and realistic ideas. So if your time allows you half a day per month to do client visits, don't think you're going to get out there and knock over two days per month worth of clients. You're either going to do it too quickly, you just won't do it at all, in which case it's a failure to implement. And every goal must be time-bound. There must be a timeline on it. 
There must be accountability to that timeline. And that's where you guys fit in perfectly with this because you are the trusted advisor. You are the client's accountability coach. I don't care what you call yourself, okay? But at the end of the day, one thing I do know after so many years in this game is that small business owners need someone to hold them accountable. They need someone to jump up and down on them when it's required. They need someone to pat them on the head when they do something well. It's no different than me working with an accounting firm and saying, here's what you need to do and leave them alone and they never do it. It will happen again and again and again to you and your clients if you don't build annuity basis around the strategic planning process, which I think is the most important part. If the client's objectives aren't smart, as you can see on screen, challenge them. Ask them how will they do it. Ask them deep down when you put your head on the pillow, do you really believe you can achieve this? And if not, amend them to make them achieve. Give them small steps. And then once they've done one small step, build upon it. That's certainly the experience that I've had with this. Next, thanks, Andrea. So objectives, much like goals, need to be realistic and attainable. They need to convey responsibility and ownership for the deliverables. They need to be acceptable to those who have to execute it. If you're expecting someone to execute it, you've got to get them on board, guys. You've got to give them the training time, the development time, the capacity to be able to do it. And you may need several objectives to meet a goal. Often you will need multiple objectives to meet a goal, depending on the simplicity or the complexity of the goal, but you may need several. You've got to get your team on board with this. You've got to think, how do I set it up like I set up the compliance division in my firm? And when I did it in my firm, it was the right people doing the right task at the right pay rate. You know what I see with advisory and too many accounting firms? Wrong person, too high a pay rate, doing too low, low level a task. And even though they get the job done and they bill it, when they sit down and cost it, very little make money, or at least not the profitability that you should execute in that side of business. So we need to get that right, not just for you guys, but for your client. There is no difference. I don't see any difference in what I do for an accounting firm to what I've done for clients over the years. No difference. I might just need to spend more time getting them to understand what it's all about with a client. That's all. Next one. So goals, as you see, can be very short statements, few words, broad in scope, directly relate to mission. That's important. Okay, it should be the delivery of the mission, which makes you go back and look at what your mission is and does it truly reflect what you want to do. And it can cover a longer period of time. It doesn't have to be next year. You might do a strategic plan with a client every year and review it every 12 months. Every board that I'm on, we do strategic planning once a year. And let's review what we've done, how we've done it, what we've succeeded with, what we've missed, and what are we going to do smarter, better, and more efficiently next time. Objectives are longer statement, more descriptive, less narrow, indirectly can relate to the mission, but overall will tie back to it eventually and are normally more short-term type things, like visit six clients over six months, implement advisory services to 10 clients over 10 months. Yeah, okay? You know, run training for clients over the next six, uh, for customers and staff, et cetera, et cetera. Next one, Andrew. So action plans are designed to get the goal. I think that speaks for itself. Next one. Action plans, best thing you've got in the world. Action plans, I have an action plan set up for every 
strategic planning day I do, whether it's an accounting firm or whether it's a, a small business owner, small to medium business owner. And all I do is customise it as I go. I try to systemize as much as I possibly can. I try to do it once and apply it many. But an action plan will identify the specific steps to achieve the initiatives. That's where the rubber meets the road. Next one, Andrew. It'll support each objective. It'll point towards operation procedures and processes and people and people and describe who does what, when it'll be completed, how do we know the steps are completed? When do we celebrate success too? When's the time when we can go out? I used to say go out and have a beer, but I'm off the grog now. So go out and have a lemon squash. You won't have many. And celebrate what's going on. It's great stuff. We should celebrate more. Thanks, Andrea. And obviously you're going to monitor it. That's what accountability is all up. Next one. So a very short, sharp summary of what strategic planning is. I could probably summarise today by saying, when I started advisory in my practice, we were too transactionally focused. We weren't strategically focused with clients. We used software, impressed the client on day one. Geez, it was hard to do it again the same way on day two, three and four. In fact, most of the clients didn't want to come back after day three or four. We were taking problems and trying to turn them into pictures, okay, which has value. It really does have value. What we didn't do was focus enough on strategy. Didn't, didn't focus enough on strategy in our firm, for God's sake, let alone with clients. When we started to talk to them about their business, understand what keeps them awake at night, understand what they see their strengths, weaknesses, risk, funding and succession issues to be, and started to further engage with them, we developed longer standing, more lucrative advisory engagements and we wedged ourselves as the chairperson in their external board of advice meetings. I would love you to have the success that we had in this space. And if you do have any questions or want to have a chat to me about your practice, its strategy, or how we deliver strategy, then half an hour is not enough to scratch the iceberg. Just reach out to me through Smithink or the email you can see on the screen at the moment. And I'll be more than happy to have a chat with you about your firm and how your firm can deliver more of these services to your clients and have an awful lot of fun, just like I have over the years. But on that note, at 12.33, thanks very much. Back to you, Andrew, for questions. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully that worked okay with the screen, um, the slides, everybody. Um, if you have any questions, you can just type that into your control panel on Zoom and I'll read that out for you. We'll just give it a moment. Of course, if you have any later, just contact Mark directly or myself. Uh, Mark has a strategic planning enabled program actually that's also a good reference during this session and I'll send those details out um, with the recording later today. Actually you did have a question Mark, did you see that one that I emailed through to you earlier? Oh the one from Adrian Atchison, come South Sydney is such a great side that they can't win anything, uh, <laughs> I, that, but I refuse to answer it to a Raiders supporter who haven't won anything. <laughs> Forever. I thought that might be the case. <laughs> it's good to see the sledging's already started for 2023. <laughs> Get in early. See an orange. Very good. There doesn't seem to be any questions today, Mark. Um, like I said, everybody, please get in touch if you would like to ask anything at a later date. The recording will be sent out today and you can always get in touch with us. Thank you, Mark, for presenting today. My pleasure, Andrew. And again, anyone, anytime you want to have a chat, just reach out. Always pleased to help. Thanks very much. Thanks, everyone.